morning. Uh, I know that Brooke just prayed, um, but I'm going to take this time to to go in, uh, to the Lord in prayer and just just sacrifice everything I have. Father God, I, I, I thank you so much for this time, this opportunity that you've given me just to to lay down myself, Lord God, and, and just speak. Father, I, I, I trust you completely. I know that whatever you have today, Lord God, will not be words of my own, and I ask that, Lord God, that you just let your Holy Spirit just rest here. I will simply open my mouth and speak. Father God, I ask that you just bless this message, bless this time, Lord God. Let us, including myself, have our eyes just be open, Lord God, to your righteousness and your goodness. Just speak today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. If I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk comfortable. <laughs> this doesn't like to obey. All right. So, we've come a long way. For three and a half years, almost four years, we've been together, learning, growing, lifting each other up, dealing with experiences, difficulties, good times as well. And there's a point, we're not so much graduating as we are just growing and learning, but it's necessary and a reminder To know what it means to deny yourself. In this time we've been we've been going through a fast. We know what it means to deny ourselves food. We know what it means to deny ourselves experiences and, and times even uh, of fun. And I know that there have been many times where I've really really wanted some cake. And it's a struggle, but it's worth it. What's really important is to understand where we've come from. How far back it really feels to some of us and to some of others, it's as if we're still there. And what I want to talk about today is just battling and getting out of all that nonsense. Um, Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's really important to understand where we've come from. God created us to, to be creatures in his own image so that we could live really originally forever. We, we, we can be with him forever. Unfortunately, uh, Eve and uh, Adam at the same time uh, brought sin into the world, brought death into the world, and now we have to live with that. We have to experience uh, a physical death. Now it says in Romans 23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now when do we experience that? As soon as we accept it. It, it, Eternal life does not start once we die. It is important to understand that as soon as you accept the gift of God, that eternal life begins. can't tell you how many times, even my, in my own life, that I, have, I, I didn't quite fully understand that. Just continually fighting with my own flesh, trying to figure out what God wanted out of me. And 
I'm, I'm standing before you right now completely. I, I'm, I'm having to trust that whatever comes out of my mouth is completely from God. Because I have spent hours and hours on this message, and I still, I'm just sitting up here trusting that God is going to speak. Amen. I've written term papers in less time. <laughs> and I've got a couple pages of jumbled nuts. So thank you, Lord, in advance for whatever you have today. It is important to recognize that the identity that God has given you is stronger and greater than whatever Satan can tell you who you are. It is important to recognize your identity in Christ, to understand who God says you are. Because if, if you're fighting and, and not understanding who you are, then you're just going to be stuck there. Wondering, why can't anything change? Why is nothing different in me? I go to, I go to church every Sunday. Uh, I, I read the Bible. I don't fully get it, but it's, it, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm putting forth effort, but it, it's, it, it doesn't seem to sink in. And it's not so much always a physical issue. It's a heart issue. It's a mind issue. I hear, I, I see it all over the internet, of, of, and especially in uh, Christian videos or, or, or what have you, all over YouTube. You're brainwashed. You're brainwashed. Well, of course I'm brainwashed. My heart and my mind are both washed in the blood of Jesus. And I'm proud of that fact. And I'm thankful for that fact. <laughs> and I know it to be true. Now, the way that you fully understand that is through trust. And that's something that, that, that really is, is, the, is the pillar of denying yourself. Growing that trust. Because trust does not just appear. When you've, you've gone against your parents' wishes, you've broken the rules, you understand what you've done, you know that from now on, it's going to change. But that relationship that you have with your parent is a little bit strained. There needs to be that trust grown. Now, oh Lord God, please fill my mouth. From the moment that you accept the free gift of God, the moment that you Accept the gift of Jesus' life on the cross. You enter into eternal life, which basically is a, oh, you can. It's easy to die. It's easy to die. You do it one time. I've said this before. It is difficult to live for God, and that's what we're called to. An eternal life means the exact moment that you decide that your life is the Lord's, that means that each and every day you deny yourself. But to understand how to deny yourself, you have to know who yourself is now. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Starting in verses 14 through 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 14 through 17. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all that those who might live, those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him, who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I heard that verse again, over and over and over again. The old man has died. The old man has passed away. The old man has died. It is important to remember that as you move on through this life, 
that if, I don't know if you've ever carried dead weight. Anyone who's ever carried a, even a child, when they want down, they're dead weight. They're complete and, and totally, it's just heavier. It's all of a sudden, it's difficult. It's tough to, to drag them along. The, what, what I'm saying is that you can't incorporate Jesus into your life and call it born again. God transforms. Yes. It's an understanding that your life is not yours anymore. Amen. It doesn't belong to you. You've given it away. Turn me real quick to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 and 27. This is Paul speaking. Do you do you not know that in a race all the runners run? But only one receives the prize, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to perceive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do it I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air. But I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Obedience. Obedience is key. It's necessary. It can be trained in many different things. Um, tithe. Trust. Uh, as far as just listening and, and understanding and knowing the voice of your of your shepherd and doing what, what, what he asks and what he says. I did football for about four years in high school. And I was okay. I wasn't great. I don't know if anyone's ever played sports, um, but if you have, you know that the sports don't stay on the field. Uh, the coach will give you homework to do. He'll say, do sprints, run laps, uh, make sure you're well hydrated, prepare yourself, even for practice. And after that weekend, when you come back on Monday for practice, it's apparent who's done their drills. It's apparent, it's obvious who's put the work in. I know that I myself didn't put the work in in that time. Therefore, I, I didn't really succeed. I wasn't very good. I was held back. And... This is not a time of judgment. This is not a time where I get to get up here and tell you guys what you're doing wrong. I simply know that something is coming. We are moving forward. We are not going to be here forever. This is not a time to, to goof around. We're not here to play church. We're not here to, to, to pat each other on the back and tell each other that you, you've done a great job. That's God's that's, that's up to God. He's the judge. He gets to touch. What our job is, is to know who we are, to seek after his kingdom, to drive forward each and every day, to push forward, to not sit around, to not lollygag, to simply seek after the kingdom and expect that God is going to show up. And to those who don't fully get that, to those who don't fully understand, we've been, a lot of us have been with each other for years even before this church. We know who God is. We know who God says we are. So impart that understanding to those who don't know, those who don't get it. This is a time where we have to come together. Not just simply in our church, but the body's got to come together. Goodness, we're separated. Father God, I ask that you just please... Do a mighty work in this place. Do a mighty work in your body, Lord God. I'm, I'm, I'm pleading. Please. Work in our hearts. Move in our hearts, Lord God. Soften us. Take the pride away. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. 
starting in verse 24. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. I'll tell you, I'm, that's ingrained in me now. I've, I, I'm the youth pastor. Everybody knows that. And uh, I have to say it about five times. <laughs> what chapter? What verse? 16, starting 24. All right. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father. And then he will repay each person according to what he has done. You're good. Sorry, I didn't. I said 24. I didn't say stop at 26. My apologies. If you decide to be a disciple of the Lord, be prepared to leave the old dead man and carry your cross. That's just it. You can't carry both. It's too heavy. And it's... It's, it's dead. It's not who you are anymore. Before you knew the Lord, you couldn't help but sin. That's just who you were. Sin had entered your life. It was, a, it was a continual curse all the way from Adam. That's what you had to deal with. And you didn't know what you were missing out on. But now that you do... Now that you do, why do you sit and wallow in the fact that I'm stuck, I don't know where I'm going next, I don't know what's wrong, why can't I get out of this hole? I, I think I love God, I believe I love God, but I do this and this and this. Why do I continue to struggle? Leave the old man. Leave him there. It's not something for you to take pity on. It's not something for you to reminisce about. I can't tell you how many times in the past I have said, I wish to, that I still did this because then I wouldn't have to worry about all this, this in my life. It is a lie. It is a lie from the, the father of all lies. Leave it behind. Don't take another look. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. It's the same reason why Lot's wife turned to salt is because she worried about the old man. She was worried about what, was, what she was missing out on. You're not missing out on anything. For what is promised to you is worth more than what you had. Amen. Turn to Revelation chapter 3. Starting in verse, starting in verse 14. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, the words of the Amen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't use the same uh, translation. Uh, the, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. Would that you either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white garments, so that you may clothe yourself, and shame of your, uh, from the shame of your wickedness may not be seen, and, and salve to annoy your eyes, so that you may see. All right, that's, that's good. So, These are words to the church of Laodicea. So let me just paint a, a picture of, of, of who that church is, unless you guys have done the, the research. I, I sure have. <laughs> so Laodicea is uh, a city uh, among two others uh, that relied on certain uh, waterways. So you've got three different cities. You've got Laodicea, you've got Colossae, and you've got Heropolis. So let's start with Colossae. Colossae uh, was a city that basically their water came from the mountains. came directly from a mountain runoff. It was cool, it was cold, and it was refreshing. You've got Heropolis. 
Their, uh, their main attraction, people would come from miles and miles around because of their hot springs. It was uh, a means of, I don't know the, the correct word to say it, uh, but it was a way to relax the muscles and to, and to basically revitalize yourself. Now, the, the, the people of Laodicea were very, very rich. They were a, a textile city. They made everything, everything, uh, a bunch of different uh, products. The main was textiles and they required water come down uh, through aqueducts. Now, as it came down through aqueducts, it was about six miles uh, long and during that, uh, during that time, it would bring down a calcium carbonate that would basically they become a lukewarm, almost like epicac. It would cause vomiting. It was not good to drink. Um, in fact, the, the just a little bit more of a background on Laodicea is they made so much money that during a, a violent earthquake in, I want to say, 30 AD, uh, it's either Caesar or Nero at that time, uh, offered to take care of them in exchange for some, some power and also some of their, of their wares. And they said, no, thank you. They were perfectly fine, perfectly sufficient all on their own because they had succeeded. They had succeeded physically in this world. They've done everything that they needed in order to survive. And they did. They, they, they revamped themselves. They were perfectly fine after complete and total devastation. So when they're being addressed here, it is quite literal for them. I know the previous understandings, at least uh, from a lot of different uh, lessons that I've learned is you either be for me or against me. Well, that's, that's not the case. God is saying here, I would either you be refreshing to the world or that you revitalize it. But if you decide to sit back and, and, and just live your lives knowing that you don't need God because everything that you have in this world is sufficient to you, then I can't use you. And that's just the plan of it. I don't know what what background you guys come from, and I'm not saying that it's it's a sin to be rich. In no way is it a sin. In fact, if God has blessed you with much, that's fantastic. I'm glad that you have been uh, trustworthy and little. But what I'm saying is, if we are to be used by God. Our, our lives can't be completely, you can't completely lean on what we have in this world. Otherwise, how can you be used? If you don't need God, if you don't think you need God anyway, how can you inspire, how can you, uh, how can you lead others? You'll be leading them to disaster. And what if they don't have what you have? It's, it's complete and, and, and total lack. And they're blind to it. What you need to remember, that no matter what you have in this world, whether it be little, whether it be much, if you don't have God, you've got nothing. Lean on Him. Deny who you are. Deny what you have. Whatever it is, it is the Lord's. It's been given to you by God. Give it all back. Plain and simple. Thank you, Lord. So if basically I, I want to sum that up. If you if you really truly want to be a follower, a disciple, someone who desires God, do you want him? Do you need him? Is everything in this world choking you? Is what you hope for later something that you aren't entirely certain is of God's will? Bring it to Him. Sacrifice it. It's something that you need to be willing to give up. Because if there's something in this world that's going to hold you back, is there something in this world that's going to keep you from being completely and totally used by God? 
It has no, it needs to have no bearing. You cannot give Satan a foothold in this world because the moment you give him a foothold, he can get the rest of his body inside. That's it. That's just, that's just so, that's plain and simple. That's just life. Now, let's get to carrying our cross. I did not know what this meant for the longest time. I wasn't entirely sure. I could kind of guess just by churchianity that it meant just to live for God. When Christ says, deny yourself and take up your cross, it means so much. Let's take it as under, understanding as far as the, just the, from Roman rule and what that meant in that time. If you, if you were carrying a cross, that meant that there was opposition. There was opposition against you. A cross was used to execute criminals who had the state of Rome in opposition to them. Uh, there was shame involved. This execution was reserved for the worst criminals, uh, and the victim was uh, usually naked on a cross for hours. There was suffering. This kind of execution was designed to prolong an excruciating pain, and finally, it was death. Now, the aim of uh, crucifixion was not to torture and release. It was to put you through the worst pain and, and shame that you could ever go through in this world, and then for you to die. I want you to fully understand what that means. This is not, I'm not trying to bring anybody down, but if you don't fully understand what you're saying when you, when you, when you sing words during, during worship service, then you better take a minute. Take a minute. Take a look at what's going on. Only you know your heart. I can see what you do. I can know you by your fruits. I can hear what you say. You, what you say can sound good to me, and, and I can say, good job. that doesn't mean you fully grasp what's going on. There needs to be some, some, some understanding, some introspection, some, some real you and God time. Because this is exactly what Christ is asking us to do. To lay down who we once were with the trust and hope and belief that what we have it's nothing compared to what we will have. That we are willing to carry our cross, that we are willing to go through opposition, shame, suffering, and even death. Unless God comes, unless Jesus comes right now, or at some point before any of you guys die, we're going one way or another. So, what are you willing to die for? What are you willing to live for? Do you want him? Do you need him? Is he not just everything in your life, but is everything in your life his? Taking up your cross means to, to treasure Jesus more than we treasure human approval honor, comfort, and even this life. And our suffering is not a tribute to him uh, unless we endure it because we cherish him. You can go through so much difficulty apart from the will of God. Why? It just seems so empty. Unless you are doing it in his name. It's meaningless. The one comforting thing, though, is if you have fully accepted the gift of God, you know that your old self couldn't do it. It's something that you know that in the past you couldn't do and now you can. It's an understanding of progress. It's an understanding of, of growth and trust. Belief and, and knowledge that God's got you through everything. And what does this all look like? It's, it's, it's trust. It's trust in his care above what the flesh says you need. 
My flesh says that I need money. My flesh says that I need comfort. My flesh says that I need a home. The flesh says that I need, well, I need food. I need food, you guys. Amen. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> I said that. <laughs> does it matter if I gain everything and lose my soul? Really truly understand what that means. Because I'm telling you right now that each and every one of us it's okay. It works. We can all turn there. That's <laughs> um I'm saying is each and every day many of us trade our souls for so much less. In that moment, in the moment of of making a decision to to fall and, and step away from the will of God, there are so many steps that just take a moment. It's first God, I don't trust that what you have for me is greater than what I have in this moment. Uh, I, I, what I feel is that I need this. What I feel is that I don't need you as much. Uh, what, I, what I understand is that this will, will bring me further in this life. What I, what I feel is that this will bring me some sort of being whole. And I can tell you from experience, from my own shortish life, that just digs you deeper. We need to be obedient in loving God and the world. And that's something that I, I want to talk with you guys today about real briefly. For the past few years, we've been building each other up, learning, understanding, knowing the the voice of our shepherd trusting that whatever he says to do that we will do it right away but it's time to branch out it's time to step out it's time to pray for our co-workers it's time to love on the people that we see in the grocery store it's time to start praying healing. It's time to start claiming righteousness. It's time to start stepping up. Because I'll, I'll tell you right now that if we say one thing, that we are doing the will of God, that we want Him more than anything, and we, we do something else, that we don't love, that we don't... It's either one or the other. You either love or hate. We can say, I love them, but I don't like them. No, you don't. You don't love them. And how can you say you love God if you don't love your brother? We've done what we've known to be right so far. This is the next step. We've got to start loving the world. When you start where you are, and you start and you go without any kind of fear of, of, of the loss, I, goodness, I can't tell you, if, if you guys, the Monday, if you guys take this to heart and truly step out, that fear of the loss of your job is going to hit you so hard, do you need him? Do you love him? Do you, do you want everything in your life to be simply revolving around him and, and, and just giving him praise? Are you willing to leave what you had behind? Are you willing to pick up your cross be, be without, without fear to experience opposition, to experience shame, suffering, loss, 
This is a real decision. It's not easy. It's not an easy choice. It's not an easy life. We can we can come here and you can do this yourself. You, I know I know I did. You can come here and play church and, and, and really you know, there's nothing wrong with joy. Everything right with joy. But the but but with that comes a choice, a decision. What do you want? Do you want everything that God wants? Is your heart the same heartbeat? Are your desires his? Are your ways his ways? I'm not talking about legalism. I'm not talking about just stay, keeping your life strict to some sort of law and, and rules. I'll tell you there are two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor like you love yourself. That's it. That's all you got to do. That's what I want to leave you with today. Are you ready? Are you ready to go out and love people? That's why God created us. To love others. He didn't create us to be loved. You can live your... I'm sorry, to be loved. Of course we were created to be loved. (laughs) Need more water. If you live your whole life for yourself, you will come up wanting. The richest man in this world continues to purchase and buy and, and, and buy and buy because there's something that he's missing. There's something that he doesn't have that he knows that he needs and no one's told him that it's Jesus. mouths need to be used. Your voices need to be used. What you do each and every day needs to continually be a representation of who Jesus is. And I hope, I hope that that sinks in to the point where you, it's practice. I'm not saying we're not ready for the game, but guys, it's time to practice. We have done our drills. We have done sprints. We have run. It's time to practice. It's time to move out. It is time to start loving Newark, Elkton. It is time to start loving Bear to start loving Wilmington, to start wherever you are. I, I, I know some of us are further than others. But if God is what you want, then God is what must you, you, you must become like his son. That's it. It's not an act. It can't be what you say. It, can't, it has to be what you do. It's got to be everything. you got to be unashamed until death. Turn real quick to Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 3. Uh, 18. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel. Uh, As it seemed good to the potter to do. Uh, Then the word of the Lord came to me. O Israel, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done? declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. If at any time I declare 
concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will pluck up and break down and destroy it. And if that nation concerning which I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent of the disaster that I intended to do to it. And if at any time I declare concerning a nation or a kingdom that I will build and plant it, and if it does evil in my sight, not listening to my voice, then I will relent of the good that I have intended to do to it. The potential to be something for God is good. Uh, but in order to be what he wants in your life, you have to let him mold you. This life is, is, is just a continual remolding. There's a certain image that God has for you, and it's the image of his son. So, over time, you will see difficulty, you will see struggles. God hasn't left you in it. He's allowing you to go through these things, that you will trust him. That you will know him, that he will know you. necessary and it hurts and it's not fun all the time not all the time sometimes it's fun but in this world you will see trouble fear not the Lord has overcome the world this is a continual reworking and revamping and, 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 and molding and, and, and fashioning to be something incredible to be someone amazing that knows the Lord and the Lord will know you all we are is time and will that's it we've got time and we've got our will and if we give both to our Father, then he may increase through you. But how is it shown? How do we show it? How do we, how do we express it? If the kingdom of heaven is seen as something precious, and something that requires the gospel to be spread like seed, and something that we are to be seeking after, why is the body not moving? Why are we waiting and showing the world that nothing has changed? I'm telling you right now that complacency can kill the body. Amen. Seeking the word, or seeking, seeking the kingdom, reading the word, praising his name, worshiping, just sitting at his feet is not complacency. Doing nothing with it. destroy there are many different outreaches the prayer walk is one but you don't have to wait for those it's fun to go out with friends it's difficult to go out thinking that you're alone by yourself but knowing that God is, is with you it's still tough but trust and know that just as I am standing here, he will be with you. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. But it's important, as Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ahead. A lot of us have heard this many, many times, but it's important, and it's something that we need to have written on ourselves. Not physically, but... Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm not going to go too political, but Years ago, uh, President Obama said that this country is no longer a Christian nation. Definitely wrong, but to the untrained eye, 
very right. And it's upsetting and it's frustrating, but it's it's changeable. Yes. It's workable. Yes. And it comes to a decision. Are you willing to, to leave who you were behind and carry your cross unashamed, unafraid, understanding that you have never been left all until death? All you have is to give is your will and your time. And I'm telling you now, it's you, it's a difficult choice, but you've got to give God your yes. If you want to be used, if you want everything that he wants, you've got to give him everything. Because I can tell you from experience, giving him little, you'll see very little. Today, is not simply a warning. It's a call to arms. Prepare yourselves. For if you truly want what God wants, then get ready. Something new is coming. A movement. An explosion. An ignition. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your compulsion. Lord God, I thank you for your goodness, your righteousness. Bless you. Lord, I, I, I ask as, you know, as, as we prepare to leave here, Lord God, that we would take uh, what we've heard today to heart. understand it, to mull it over, to, to meditate on it, Lord, as you say that, to meditate on your word. God, I, I ask that, first, I thank you that you've prepared us. I ask, Lord God, that you remember your promise that you will never leave us, that you will never forsake us. Lord, as we obey your command to go into the world and to preach your word, to preach your gospel, to live as your son did, that you will bless each step that we take, that you will bless the, the, the places that we go that accept us, Lord God, that, 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 that recognize your true will and your goodness and your, your, your mercy, Lord. That you will continue to, to grow us, Lord God, not, you know, in both in heart and spirit and also, Lord God, in number that you will draw the body closer and closer, Lord God. That our eyes would be single. That our eyes would, would simply never leave you. That we would sit at your feet. And Lord God, that our lives would be a testament to your gospel. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I love at the end there where, see, we, we as a church, we don't need to worry about plugging ourselves because Jesus does it, right? He does. But did you get what he was talking about? It's so important because why do we deny ourselves? We deny ourselves because each one of us make up an individual piece of that puzzle, of that mosaic that Jesus is putting together. And by the way, if you don't let him fashion your piece, guess what? That's not going to stop the mosaic from being made. What it's going to stop is your portion in it. 
So denying ourselves, it, just like what he said, it, it isn't this idea of by denying myself, I get to feel good about I'm going to be doing this for Christ and doing this for, for my fellow believers. No. Denying yourself is because that's, what re, that's what's required to draw you closer to Jesus Christ in relationship. That's huge. That's huge. By the way, the steps that Peter has made, I, I've, I've known Peter, like he said, long before admission. I, I, it back even before we were a college ministry. And I've seen those steps taken in Peter's life. And that obedience. And where it leads to is a selfless place. Where you just say, Jesus, whatever I have is yours. Even if I don't wear any shoes or socks. Kidding. Right? But it's where we let him place us. So please, 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 listen to this again. Listen to the podcast let Jesus show you what it means in your life to deny yourself and take up your cross. Because as Peter said, it is so much deeper than you think. It's not just about living by a set of rules. It's living by two rules. But purely by those two rules. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. This is a church that's being built for that very purpose. By the way, and I'll share this on Tuesday. I'm not going to share it this morning. There's a little plug for Tuesday. But we got some things going on about this building. God is at work because there are thousands of people out there in Newark, in Elkton, in Bear, in all these areas that Jesus just wants to get a hold of their lives. And we all have contacts in those areas. If you're hungry for Him, you're going to see how you want them to be hungry for Him too. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Peter. That's awesome. I have one announcement, basically.